0: Hello, music enthusiasts, and welcome to Sound Encounters, a music podcast where I explore new and classic releases, different genres, and your favorite artists and bands. I am your host, Cesar Torres. Thank you for joining me today. Well, episode twenty-five, and I've been I've been going strong with a little formula of mine. I, I think so of uh, talking about different bands, different genres mixing it up a bit I think uh mixing it up with the uh, essential series was a good idea as well for me um but I think we're gonna mix it up again later today I got a interesting new feature for you guys so hopefully you you like that I think um I think I I wanted to try something new and uh we'll see how it goes but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself new episode wanted to talk about some things. Um, well, I'm going to get ahead of myself again because I'm going to talk about you know, this, this past week in new music, which we'll get to soon, but I was really excited for this past week and not because there was going to be a lot of new releases. Uh, in fact, we got, I want to say, uh, another dryish week of music. If you remember last week wasn't that really uh, filled with new music, but I was excited because two albums were coming to Spotify, and that was Children of God by Swans and Amplifier Worship by Boris. Now, if you're confused as to why I'm excited about Children of God coming to Spotify, well, it's because the original version of Children of God was not available, with the original cover art, I should say, was not available on Spotify until last Friday. And I was looking forward to it because (laughs) I'm a bit weird in that I need to have the original cover art, I need to have the the original uh, track list from that album, or else I won't be satisfied. And I've done that not only with. Children of God, but I've done that with uh, Rites of Spring, Substrata, where I would create playlists, uh, use the original cover art as the playlist cover, and then arrange the track list in the, in the original way, or just cut off any excess songs, any bonus songs, uh, like on Substrata or Rites of Spring. But now I could finally retire that Children of God playlist because the the original track list or the original cover art is now remastered on Spotify and it was it was strange a bit because i you know i of course i pressed play uh, the moment it came out i was staying up that night just to listen to the children of god remastered uh version and you know it sounded great it sounded clean it sounded crisp and then track 3 starts our love lies and i have been so used to the version of your love lies that was already on Spotify, which was the version off of the Lovel Terrace Apart EP. So it was jarring for me to hear the the original version because I was expecting the EP version of the song to play after in my garden. And the first thing I thought was, "Oh, like, wow, there's there's an error." But then I quickly remembered that that the original version, uh was not featured on the Children of God World of Skin uh, package on, on, on Spotify. So, yeah, jarring to say the least. And if not for the delays in the Children of God vinyl shipping, I would already have my Children of God uh, vinyl record with me so I could talk about it, so I can tell you about the artwork or the little features or, or the, 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 the vinyl that comes with the record. But unfortunately... I don't have it yet, so that was a a real bummer from last week. I was really looking forward to getting another Swans record in the mail, especially this version of Children of God, which has been out of print for God knows how long. But I am a patient man, and I will wait for Children of God, much like I waited for Amplifier Worship to come back on Spotify, or I don't think it ever was on Spotify, just waiting for it to come to Spotify. Absolute Go by Boris is also on Spotify, but I've been eager to listen to Amplifier Worship. Now, I could have listened to Amplifier Worship before it came back on Spotify because I, I have a YouTube playlist on my YouTube account where I find albums or EPs, compilations that are not on Spotify, and I save them onto that playlist and Amplifier Worship by Boris is one of those albums. So I could have listened to Amplifier Worship before, but I just kind of forgot to or I neglected it. And I (laughs) because Spotify is the platform that I use the most, I was just like, okay, now it's gonna be on Spotify. Now there's no excuse for me to listen to it. But I really I could have listened to it before. I think I have heard at least a song before any songs showed up on Spotify. Yeah, so that's kind of my fault. But I I was super glad to listen to this, this Boris album because I have been into drone metal for about a couple of years now. Sun was one of the first bands to get me into drone metal. And, you know, as soon as I realized that I love the genre, I immediately started looking for other bands in the genre. And, of course, Boris has to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest name in drone metal. And so I already listened to Feedbacker about a couple of months ago. And I loved that record. I was going to listen to Pink or maybe uh, the album with the Nick Drake, the, the, um, the homage to Nick Drake on it. I forget what it's called. Um, but again, just haven't really listened to it. I've been too busy listening to other stuff. You know, You know me. I'm listening to other stuff. But I know that Amplifier Worship is one of the bigger uh, uh, or or well-known Boris albums in their discography, so of course I was gonna, I was eager to listen to that one, and I loved it. What can, what can I say? I freaking loved it. I don't think I know that much about drone metal yet to really dig into the sounds that I heard on the record, and also I feel like I need to listen to it a bit more before I'm able to give a proper dissection of that record and. I think to dissect the record here in the intro segment is also kind of a mistake because I want to get to the rest of the show, but I loved it. It's, it's, well, it's also really hard to talk about Drone. At least I think it's really hard to talk about Drone, but I loved it. I'm so glad it's on Spotify and this has been this past week in music. <laughs> no, I, I'm kidding. But I'm wondering if you Swans or Boris fans are excited about Children of God Amplifier Worship and Absolute Go being on Spotify, back on Spotify, on Spotify for the first time. I don't really know, but let me know. On social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Sound Encounters, shoot me a message. Let me know your thoughts on Boris and Swans releasing their records on Spotify. For us Swans fans, we gotta get uh the Burning World back on Spotify now. Maybe we'll send Jira a little a little message, a little plea for burning world on spotify or you could send me an anchor message a voice message on anchor i should say and uh, you'll find a link to where you need to go to send that voice message in the podcast description so head on over send me a voice message and i might play that voice message next week on sound encounters anyway i got a great show for you this week gonna try something new for the podcast but first as always We gotta talk about this past week in music. So, as I said before, we didn't really get that much new music, another dry week, another drought. But I did listen to a handful of singles, and a new LP release, and I'm catching up on old LP releases, and I'll talk about that soon. But first, the singles first thing I heard this week was Oh For Real by Rico Nasty another Dylan Brady produced track and this comes right after Rico announced her first full-length album coming out soon Nightmare Vacation and we're looking forward to that record coming out soon but to get back to this track Oh For Real features booming 808 beats and that, that silly drone playing along with Rico's aggressive rapping, which makes for an excellent rager. Rico's not fucking around and she wants everyone to know. A Dylan-type beat like this, uh, a Dylan Brady production, really works when the vocalist is as aggressive as Rico. It worked on iPhone and it works here on Oh For Real. Now from my understanding, Dylan isn't producing every track on this new record, but if the rest of the record sounded like this if it was as abrasive as this then it would hands down be a winner in my book and probably one of the best albums to come out this year but we will see in the meantime this is a great track and you should check it out up next, I heard Therefore I Am by Billie Eilish. Billie and Phineas are back with another low-key, synthy, poppy track, uh, and this song is a very catchy hook. It's definitely an earworm, and I can see myself returning to this every so often because it's a whole lot of fun, so this is also another great track. Up next, I heard No Save Point by Run The Jewels, a new single out for the upcoming game, Cyberpunk 2077, whenever the hell that game is coming out. Oof. Uh, Anyway, when it comes to RTJ, I usually like the more abrasive and and, and wackier production choices that LP makes. Um, An example I can give is probably the Gang of Four sample they used in that uh, uh, song from RTJ4, I think it's called The Ground Below, it's been a while since I've heard that record, Um, which is why this new track is is very underwhelming, because there is little here to appreciate in terms of production. I don't mind the repeating stuttering hi-hats or the low synths on this song, but when it offers little to no nuance, especially from a group who's shown before that they are willing to go above our expectations and give us new sounds or experiment a bit, it's a bit disappointing. To be fair though, this is a song for a soundtrack. You know, you don't want to alienate everybody when they're listening to the soundtrack while playing along to the game. So I understand why they went for a cleaner and a safer sound. It does get atmospheric at the end, which is a nice touch, and of course Mike's politically conscious lyrics are always a highlight, and he even references Keanu Reeves who is a part of the game, so that was that was cute. But overall not my favorite RKJ song, but it's not a bad one either. Next I heard A Lonely Machines by 303 and 100 Gex this collaboration made sense on paper because both groups are cut from the same cloth of quirky internet duos groups um but after listening to the song it's just uh, not not my thing look this type of electro pop which almost sounds like chiptune is is really hit or miss for me and in this case it definitely misses and it's kind of unbearable and it doesn't have that gex creativity or quirkiness that i like so it really it it doesn't really land all that well so I wasn't really a big fan of this one also not a fan of 303 just saying so i'm a little bit uh i think my decision was made before i heard this song the last track i heard this week was holiday by little nas x this was a very catchy and melodic song from little nas No surprise here. Uh, Definitely an earworm track, but I'm not a fan of the generic beat here. It was definitely a snoozer, not all that memorable. Was expecting to have a beat that mimicked or possibly sampled what we know as festive-sounding Uh, like sleigh bells maybe piano loop from jingle bells i don't know i the song's called holiday so this is what i was expecting and i guess it was kind of my fault for having these expectations but that doesn't change the fact that this production is really lackluster um pretty catchy though still have it stuck in my head that does it for the singles let's hear about the lps i heard this week first i heard pluto x baby pluto by future x (laughs) little uzi vert This was an interesting collab, one that I didn't really expect. And after listening to the project, one that I kind of ended up liking because Future and Uzi are in top form on this project. They give a whole lot of energy throughout it, which is fun to hear. and, And it was interesting to hear them play off of each other bought a bad bitch is probably the one that comes to mind the most at as as this was the peak of their energy as as both of them had a fire flow and this was probably my favorite beat on the project and had a very catchy hook too so i it was very enjoyable however i can't really say that about the rest of the album as a production is is very generic bare minimum i end up forgetting the rest of what the album sounds like and and it sucks because I've heard this album now four times and I can't really remember much about this project, which is funny because I thought the project started out really well. Marnie On Me sees Future and Uzi exchanging lines and, and playing off of each other, as I stated earlier, and we have probably one of the more interesting production choices on this song as there is this like water trickling sound effect that I think really added to the atmosphere of the song sleeping on the floor is a banger drinking and smoking is a chill song with a, a smooth guitar sample and real baby pluto was uzi's best flow on the album however it got old really quickly because when the production is as forgettable as this the songs start to bleed together and you can't remember any of these songs which is not a good thing the only other song i I remember besides the ones that I've mentioned was Lullaby, as I thought the distorted female vocals in the background was a really nice vibe, and I really liked Uzi's verse here. But I really can't remember the other tracks off of this record, so this was a, an average project from Future and Uzi. And finally, I went back to listen to Positions by Ariana Grande, an album that I forgot to review when it first came out, so and an album that went under my radar, so... I listened to it, and now I'm ready to talk about it. Before I even pressed play on this record, I've, I I saw a lot of comments on the internet, and I even had some friends telling me that this was her horny album. And I didn't really know what that meant, and I didn't know what to expect, because I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But after listening to the project, I get it. A lot of these songs have sensual singing and instrumentation, like Off the Table with The Weeknd. Lyrics that are explicitly sexual, like 34 plus 35, which if you add them together, you might get a funny little number. But at the same time, there are catchy tunes and melodies, some of them fairly danceable, like love language and motive. But are these songs radio-friendly? Well, when listening to the lyrics, um, no. (laughs) Some of them are, but most of them, not so much. And then there are songs with trap beats accompanied by orchestral arrangements like 630, Shut Up, and Obvious. And for an album that goes through a lot of stylistic shifts, like this one, I found it very dull. I just don't think the execution on a lot of these songs stick. For example, a lot of these songs with the dramatic strings just bore the hell out of me. There is no effort to make it interesting or make it pop, and the lyrics don't really enhance the experience either. That's not to say I don't like songs about sex because WAP is one of the funnest songs of the year, but I think there's nothing to them other than the surface level. No humor, no metaphors, just sex. (laughs) And and did I come into an Ariana Grande project expecting some grand narrative about sex? Well, no, because I would have been disappointed, but she could have at least tried to make these songs sound interesting. I will say she shines on the tracks that have the dance and house influences like motive and love language and she's also a great singer there's, there's no denying that and, and her voice ends up elevating the material more so than the lyrics or the music and the standout on this record has to be pov as she sounds most comfortable in that contemporary r&b pop song aesthetic which she has been doing for the past couple of years but overall positions is not for me and it's not really a strong ariana project and with that, that concludes this past week in music. We'll take a little break. But when we come back, I'm going to try something new with the show. Stay tuned. Hello and welcome back to sound encounters before the break I promised that I was going to do something new with the podcast formula experiment with a new segment new feature and that was partially because look I just finished a two-parter on one of my favorite bands ever who has a very extensive discography and I just I I didn't want to go back to making another... Artist or band guide I didn't want to go back to making a genre guide although this kind of will be sort of a genre guide but I just wanted to do something different so I wouldn't go crazy doing the same thing over and over again and so I finally decided on doing something rap related because I felt like I haven't done anything relating to the genre in a while I think the last time I did a feature on rap was my abstract hip-hop guide which has been pff, months since I've done that. And I've had some ideas, some that I feel like would take more time to to work on than others, and some that I just kind of rejected. So I decided to talk about Trap, Trap Rap, and my journey with Trap Rap, because I think I've had a very interesting experience with this genre because i was one of those kids who didn't like trap when it first broke onto the scene a couple of years ago i got it to rap through jazzy and gritty production and lyrics that were somewhat conscious and dealt with you know storytelling had a lot of uh storytelling strengths to them like nas wu-tang clan mf doom Kendrick Lamar, I guess Kanye West and Jay-Z would also be up there since I got into rap through the, through them as well. And so from what little I had heard of trap, I decided that I disliked the overuse of auto tune production that sounded very similar beats that sounded very similar to each other and lyrics that didn't mean anything at all. And I was foolish to think that all trap projects sounded like this because I had a similar problem with, ...with rap in general before I actually got into rap. I thought a lot of it sounded the same and there was really no purpose for it. And god, I was wrong. So it seems like I didn't learn my lesson, generalized trap as well... ...and didn't really care for it until two projects came along and changed my mind. Those two projects being Taboo by Denzel Curry and World" by Travis Scott... Let's start with Taboo, because I listened to that record first. That record does have some trap songs and bangers, but it also has a lot of melodic pop rap moments, which was good for me because I think I was listening to Brockhampton at the time. The lyrics often conveyed some sort of message or story that didn't default to drugs, sex, or partying, and that reminded me of Kendrick Lamar because I was really into Kendrick around that time as well. And so it was easier for me to get into and easier for me to... Listened to as it wasn't strictly a trap rap album. Although I did end up enjoying the more traditional trap songs on that record, like Sumo and Clout Cobain. Clout Cobain, especially because it, I feel like it sort of bridges the gap between trap production and deeper uh, introspective lyrics. And then when it comes to World, really one song stood out to me among the rest, and that was, of course, Seco Mode, because I thought that song was amazing. I still think that song is amazing with with its transitions, its psychedelic atmosphere and and how hype it is. I haven't heard the album since 2018, but I do remember not disliking it and actually being surprised by it and of course, I remember Sacamo Sycaote had I, I played that song so many times just because i I absolutely love it and, and since then. I've listened to some trap artists that really changed my mind as well about, you know, generic trap or, or rappers who mumble like Lil Uzi Vert, Juice WRLD, um, a couple of others that I was like, oh, no, a lot can be said with trap. A lot can be done with trap that I just didn't realize. So for this week, to get to the point, I ended up listening to three trap classics. I I, I picked three trap uh, uh, albums that are considered classics by many and there's like many who love the genre and decided to give it a listen to give those three projects a listen and and see how i feel about trap after listening to them the three projects that i decided on were rodeo by travis scott ds2 by future and "Die Lit" by playboy cardi so let's start with how i felt about rodeo and i thought this would be sort of An easy one to do since I have a pre-established history with Travis. I had the feeling that I knew what I was getting into before pressing play. And I was kind of right as there are trap bangers talking about sex, partying, and drugs. Like Maria, I'm Drunk, Pornography, and Antidote. And surprisingly, I liked all of them, especially Antidote, which was catchy as hell. And with an album as long as this one, there was some filler which was expected, like I Can Tell and Flying High. But what I didn't expect was all of the songs that were very psychedelic with different phases and parts to them. Well, I kind of did because, again, sicko mode is is, is very similar in structure and sound. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I didn't expect them to sound so amazing. Let's start with Oh My Decide, which is a, a drugged out, song with autotune vocals in its first half which makes it a very a very psychedelic song i find myself humming the lyrics from time to time i think uh or singing the lyrics actually because it gets stuck in my head and then i think about that very spaced out drugged out psychedelic beat to them not even beat, like more of a more production atmosphere to them and then it transforms into a more generic trap song but the fact that it was able to smoothly transition from both sections was amazing 90210 is another highlight as Travis's crooning and casey hill's background vocals with the rising synths are sublime this is another track that transitions from one part to another and while it isn't as smooth as oh my decides i can't say that i actually like both parts to the song the second part has a has a more proper approach with smooth guitars and piano playing alongside Travis's vocals. And I can hear the Kanye West influence in this song, uh, specifically in experimenting with the rap formula and injecting popular influences into your rap songs. The second part has some of my favorite lyrics from Travis as he is introspective and talks about his family and friends and his journey up until that point. The bittersweet piano makes more sense when accounting for the lyrics. Just an excellent track overall. Then we have the 8-minute epic that is 3500. Travis keeps the momentum throughout the track with a hype and catchy hook. Future and 2 Chainz features help elongate the track, but they aren't worthless as they both suit the beat really well. The highlight of this track has to be the outro, which is dreamy and spaced out with gentle keys playing in the distance. Other highlights include Pray for Love, which has a stellar weekend feature, Piss on Your Grave, which has that industrial sound of Kanye West, while also featuring the man himself. Wasted and Nightcrawler are, are trap angers with great features, and I, I, I just can't understate how fun Antidote is. It's such a great song. I understand why it's one of if not the best trap album out there right now a a masterpiece of the genre in a definitive moment in the genre so i saved that to my library and after listening to that i was just like man i gotta listen to astral world again just to reacquaint myself with that album because it's been so long and i guess i should listen to birds sing trap and oh i forget what it's fucking called but it has goosebumps on it that's that's what i know um But yeah, it just seems like Travis was a, was a pioneer in the, in the psychedelic trap sound. And he kind of really perfected the sound straight out the bat, which is, it it makes him a pioneer because he was able to come out with a sound that was just so, that sounded so refined. It's like he's already been through his transformation and growth already. So I understand, I could, I could see why the follow up album, Birds, whatever, uh, was a bit of a disappointment because it's hard to follow up a a fantastic album but i really do have to listen to astral world again because it's just been so long but anyway moving on to the next album ds2 by future and i didn't like this one as much as i liked rodeo i think they came out in the same year too but but if i had heard this in the same year i definitely would have picked rodeo over ds2 probably named rodeo my favorite trap album of the year But a reason I didn't like this one as much is because a lot of mediocrity shines through on this album, especially since there isn't any or many standout moments of experimentation and creativity. A lot of these songs have what I would classify as the generic trap beat, an emphasis on 808 beats and drums, along with lyrics of sex, cars, and drugs. And I find myself tuning out of the project whenever these average songs are on or or, or songs that I feel are just mid-tier. Which is a shame because I think DS2 begins with four amazing tracks. First, Thought It Was a Drought has a nice slow build and it was a surprise to me since I didn't expect Future to show restraint right out of the gate it lets the listener vibe out while listening to him talking about pissing codeine and fucking your girl with gucci flip-flops on yes they are lyrics about drugs and sex but i found myself enjoying the lyrics and even ended up singing along to them future also really knows how to keep a song moving with his verses doesn't really take much pauses and all i could think was yeah i am vibing with this this is really nice But it doesn't sit too long in that chill atmosphere, as the next track, I Serve the Bass, begins with an abrasive drone. This is the banger on the album. And here Future keeps this song moving at a quicker quicker tempo, all the while he's flexing and talking about how he's on top of the drug dealing game. Where You At was another change of pace, as this track resembles pop rap more than trap. Future's rapping on this song sounds closer to singing a melody than rapping and I think it's really catchy. Out of all the songs on the album, this was the one that stuck out the most. Drake's feature was alright, but I'm not really a fan of his or his nasally singing, but he was tolerable on the track. And also that string sample that intros the track and plays throughout it is amazing. I need need to find out what that sample is or at the very least what instrument uh, that was. And Groupies is a very bass-heavy 808 beat that matches Future's aggressive lyrics and his delivery, another trap banger. These first four tracks are amazing, and I had high expectations for the rest of the album. I guess Little One was fun and and Free Co was catchy, but they couldn't touch the quality of the first four tracks. The moment when I tuned back into the album was when Slave Master came on, because of its atmospheric production and its great hook. I think I'm starting to like when trap producers provide a song with an ethereal atmosphere because it is easier to to vibe with, and and I think it's really interesting to incorporate elements of ambience or atmosphere, however you want to call it. And for someone who thought trap was all about aggressive 808 beats, it was a really nice change of pace. The closing track Blood on the Money has similar atmospheric production, and, and there's a piano sample to match it, and it's great. Now, I don't dislike this album, but compared to Rodeo, which again came out the same year this project did, it's just average. There's things I really love about DS2, and things that just put me to sleep. But I'm glad I listened to it because now I have a handful of trap tracks that I know that I love and will probably get a lot of replay value from me. And finally, I heard Dial It by Playboy Cardi, And I should preface that I've heard a Playboy Cardi track before. A little track you might know as "Poke It Out," and that was one of the songs that kind of made me think, like, "Oh, all trap is the same," and "Poke It Out" is probably the worst, like, example of just trap because of its repetitive, mind-numbing lyrics and its its very generic beat. So I was a bit cautious when I decided to listen to this record. I chose it anyway because I wanted to give Cardi another chance. And for all intents and purposes, I shouldn't like this album. It represents everything I dislike about the genre. Repetitive minimal production, mindless repeating lyrics, and Cardi mumbles his way throughout tracks. Yet, I am learning to like this record. Once I got past the lyrics, I learned that Cardi wasn't really for the storytelling. Cardi was mainly for The vibe. A lot of these beats are ethereal and psychedelic, and and that's credited to the producers that Cardi works with on this record. Some of my favorite songs have these spaced out instrumentals, like Lean For You, which is produced by Indigo Childrick, and it's a blissfully atmospheric cloud rap track. The opening track, Long Time by Art Dealer, starts with a drone that sounds like it's taken from a retro video game, but by far the MVP on this record is Pierre Bourne, who collaborated with Cardi on his self-titled mixtape. Some of my favorite beats from Bourne are Foreign, which features an out-of-tune organ that sounds like it's being played in reverse. Old Money is another drugged-out beat with a repeated phone sound effect. And Fell in Love has reversed and heavenly background vocals that is euphoric. I never thought I would use the word euphoric to describe a trap song, but here I am. And while I love a lot of Pierre's creations here, there are some that are amiss a for me. For example, Pull Up is what I would call a basic beat with its bass-heavy 808 beat, clean hi-hats, and synth horns, and it has some of the most repetitive lyrics on this record, although I have to admit I did have a lot of fun with this track. R.I.P. places more of an emphasis on 808s and drums and, and repetitious lyrics, so not everything is phenomenal here. Which also brings me to my next point, which is Cardi himself. Given how much I disliked Polka Dot when I first heard it, I thought I wouldn't like Cardi as a lyricist or a rapper, and after listening to this whole thing, I am pretty indifferent now when it comes to Cardi, because I can't see these songs being anything else other than what they are now. I can't see Cardi providing deep, thought provoking lyrics to these instrumentals. You know, his mindless, repetitive lyrics are actually a great contribution to a lot of the psychedelic productions. And now, when I think about a follow up project, I don't think I want to see Cardi improve his lyrical abilities. Well, in a sense, I do, but what I mean is I want to hear more of this vibe. It's nice to space out and feel the music, and I think this was the intention. I will say there are a couple moments where I enjoyed Cardi's lyrics and paid attention to what he was saying. The opening track, Long Time, is probably the closest we hear him being introspective as he talks about how long it's taken him to get to the point where he is now, or at least the point where he was in 2018 when this album dropped. And while the production is very video gamey, as I said earlier, there's an element of pensiveness as well and flatbed freestyle while it talks about drugs and sex, is it an exercise in creating an actual song and not a couple of lines that are sung ad nauseum. Does this mean I like Cardi as an artist now? Not necessarily. I just think I understand him a lot better now. And really, when the next Cardi album is announced, or when it comes out, I will be paying attention to whether Pierre is still collaborating with him or not, which he will he most likely will be. I can also say that Dilit is in a league of its own. No other trap project can touch this right now. And it's great to hear something like this. That that shatters my preconceived notions of trap rap. And after hearing Dilett, I kind of want to go back and listen to the, the mixtape. And I'm excited to hear what else Cardi has to offer. So out of the three projects I listened to, Rodeo has to be my favorite, hands down. Just a classic trap album. Second has to be Dilit because... I, I just love the production so much. It's so freaking good. And, and DS2 being my least favorite for being the most generic out of the three. But also, I, I do love a lot about that record as well. And just like that, I think I'm a fan of trap music. I, I, I really want to go in and listen to other trap records. I think I have Juice World on my mind. I, I want to go back to listen to Astral World. I want to listen to the Playboy Cardi Mixtape. tape, there's some little uzi vert projects that are on my mind now. so yeah, I think it's safe to say that I'm a believer now, which I would not have really discovered if I hadn't really listened to those trap projects that turned me onto the genre in the first place, and these three trap projects I'd listened to for this for this week. So yeah, I'm excited to explore a new subgenre of rap. But now that I'm I'm done talking about Trap, I'm, I'm interested to hear what your favorite Trap albums are, what are your favorite Trap projects, your favorite Trap artists. Please give me some recommendations because I am will be looking for them now. I will be looking out for them. You can tweet them at me. You can send me a message on Instagram at Sound Encounters for both Twitter and Instagram. Let me know. Send me a message. Or you can send me a voice message on anchor.fm. In the podcast description, there is a, a link to, It'll take you to where you need to go to send me that voice message. Again, Twitter and Instagram at Sound Encounters and anchor voice message in the podcast description. I'm curious to hear what recommendations you have and what are some of your favorite trap artists and projects, because I would love to continue this trap conversation. And with that, that concludes this week. Of sound encounters it feels good to do a a shorter episode this week after doing two hour long episodes back to back it was nice it was also nice to try something a bit different and to to get out of my comfort zone both in terms of the show and my music taste because now I'm, i'm eager to listen to more trap Albums. And speaking of which, remember to send me your recommendations through Twitter, Instagram, and Anchor. And if you loved this episode of Sound Encounters, if you love other episodes of Sound Encounters, make sure you let your music loving friends know. Direct them my way, especially if they are interested in anything, any of the things that I've talked about in the show so far. Um, it would be nice to expand the Sound Encounters fam. And especially you if you liked if you like this podcast i should say make sure to leave a review on apple podcasts leave a five star review i would greatly appreciate it and i might read your review on the next episode of sound encounters give you a little shout out follow the sound encounters twitter and instagram at sound encounters Leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and it could be featured on the next episode of Sound Encounters. Do you have a question or suggestion for me? Then visit the Twitter or Anchor page and submit your question. That too could be featured on the next episode of Sound Encounters. Thank you to Soundstripe for their wonderful selection of music, which I use today. And thank you for tuning in and listening and supporting my little show here. I'm Caesar. this has been Sound Encounters, and I'll see you next week.